0: Well, this is um, um, a sermon maybe that I should have given um, at least before this past summer and maybe um, before last summer, Uh, because as we started going through Isaiah, uh, there was a name of God that I kind of kept referring to, and I've talked about this in the past, and if, you know, there's a part of this sermon that you're like, I think I've heard him say that before, that's okay. Okay. That's okay, because sometimes pastors have to repeat themselves. Um, But this morning we're going to be focusing on uh, the name of God, and the name of God kept coming up uh, all over uh, Isaiah, Uh, and and I would call God Yahweh. Um, which if you were reading in your English translations, you're like, I think uh, pastor's interjecting something there that's not there. Um, because in most of our English translations, uh, we'll, when you get to those parts, uh, if you ever see LORD, all capital letters, big L, but all of the letters are capitalized, that is actually standing in for the name of God. And, and actually, I have one translation that replaces all those lords with the name of God. And so we were kind of referring to uh, God, Yahweh, uh, by name, and this morning I want to spend just a little bit of time uh, talking about why I think that's actually important for us to know, uh, that when you're reading your Bible and we come across those letters, why we should know what that's standing in for. It happens over 6,500 times, so it's not like once or twice, it's a lot. Um, but that gets translated into our Bibles as uh, LORD, all capital letters. Um, there's a video that, I can, that we're going to watch here in a moment that explains this way better and with uh, graphics and everything so you can actually see it. And it's a lot uh, better uh, of um, um, instruction and explanation than I can give if I just stand up here and try and explain that. And so let's watch this uh, video together.
1: For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the second key word here. Lord, written in all capital letters, this is the personal name of Israel's God. We first learn the meaning of this name in the story of Moses and the burning bush in the book of Exodus chapter 3. God appears to Moses and he commissions him to liberate the Israelites from slavery. And so Moses wonders, what if people ask the name of the God who has sent me? And so God responds, tell them "Eh Ehyeh has sent me to you. Now, that Hebrew word eh, yeah, means, I will be. In other words, God's name means that he is the one who is and who will be. God's existence doesn't depend on anyone or anything else. This God simply is. But. It will sound kind of strange for Moses to go say to the Israelites, I will be has sent me to you. Only God can say, I will be. So in the next sentence, God tells Moses the version he should say aloud, Yahweh, the God of our ancestors, he has sent me to you. Now, that word Yahweh is the ancient Hebrew form of the verb, He will be. And this is the personal name of the God of Israel. It appears over 6,500 times in the Old Testament. Now, here's what's interesting. Over the centuries, Israelites wanted to honor the sacred nature of this divine name. So as they read the Hebrew Bible aloud and they came to this name, they stopped saying Yahweh and instead started saying the Hebrew word for Lord, which is Adonai. Now this practice has been continued throughout the centuries. And so later, when people started translating the Bible into English, they adopted the same practice. Instead of spelling out the divine name, they translated it as Lord spelled in all capital letters. Okay, you got that? Good, because there's more. Ancient Jewish scribes wanted to prevent anyone from even accidentally saying this name aloud when you read the Hebrew Bible. And so they came up with a visual device to remind you to make sure you say Adonai. They took the four consonant letters of the divine name. These letters correspond to our English letters YHWH. Then they inserted the three vowels from the word Adonai and combined these together to create an artificial hybrid word, which if you pronounced it, it would say Yahuwah, but no Israelite ever said Yahuwah. It's simply a visual reminder to say the word Adonai. Now, it gets more interesting. Much later, Christian scribes came along who didn't know that Yahuwah was an artificial word. And so they began to say it aloud and spell it in their writings. This is the word that eventually entered into English as Jehovah. It's a word many people still use today. But the main thing is the word Lord in all capital letters is an indication of the divine name. Don't confuse it with the word Lord in your English translations that's not in all capital letters. That is the actual Hebrew word Adon, which just means Lord or Master. This word can refer to people like kings or the master of a servant, even a shepherd over his sheep. And sometimes biblical authors will use this word to refer to God, like in the phrases the Lord of all the earth, or the Lord of lords. But behind all of these words, Jehovah, Lord, Adonai, stands the original divine name of the God of Israel. It refers to the one who was, who is, and who forever will be. Thanks for watching this word study video. It was. The...
0: This comes from the uh, bibleproject.com if you're uh, looking for more resources or uh, A lot of good stuff there. So we're going to continue looking at this story out of Exodus where this name is first kind of told to Moses and God says, call me by this name. We're going to look at that and why it actually matters for us, why this is important for us to understand. And so as we look at this passage out of Exodus, would you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you uh, for this time uh, to open up Scripture and uh, even look at your name and the significance that that means for us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Looking at this passage that was read for us out of Exodus, what's happened thus far in Exodus is, of course, if you remember back to the beginning of the story, uh, the, the Israelites are growing and growing and growing, and Pharaoh decides he's reached uh, his limit in the number of workers he needs, I guess. And so he has ordered the destruction of all male children, uh, maybe male babies, and he issues this decree. Uh, of course, Moses' mother uh, doesn't go along with it. Uh, she hides him and, and sends, puts him in the, in the river in the basket. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter ends up raising the child as her own. And then Moses kind of grows up in Pharaoh's household, and in his uh, young adult days, Moses sees a slave driver beating a Hebrew slave, and he goes out, he defends him, he ends up killing the Egyptian... He um, hides the body, tries to cover up the crime, so there's no evidence. But he's out then seeing two uh, Hebrew slaves fighting. He interrupts their fight, and they're worried that maybe he's going to put them to death. And so Moses discovers that his deed has become known, and he runs, and he go, flees into the wilderness. Uh, he ends up meeting up with a, a girl at a well and ends up working for her father. He gets married. And then Moses is tending sheep, tending his father-in-law's sheep, and he's out in the wilderness. And of course, it's here in the wilderness where he sees this burning bush, which is the impetus for the story that was read for us this morning. Moses goes to investigate the burning bush, which isn't being destroyed by fire. He comes close. Uh, God tells him to remove his shoes because the place he is standing is holy ground. And then God says, He says, I am the God, or the the word here He uses is Elohim. I am the Elohim of your father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at the God, or look at the Elohim, Elohim. Here's another word that we're going to have to, to learn here. El, E-L, is often a generic word in Hebrew or the, the Canaanite uh, religion for talking about God, a God. Elohim is the plural form of L. El is often then added to um, different names throughout Scripture, um, Eliab, Elijah. These are all ways that people are inserting God into these names that are spoken, okay? Um, one place you might have heard this, El Shaddai, is saying, God Almighty, Almighty God, okay? But El uh, is often just kind of a, a, a word for God, Um, Not being descriptive of who's God, what God, it's just God, all right? But then what happens in this passage in verse 7? It says, then the Lord, and here's where we get all these Lord, all capitalized letters, and so it's standing in for Yahweh. Yahweh said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That, that means that every, you know, it's just this beautiful place, this place uh, of abundance, this place where um, milk is representative of domesticated animals, where every, Everything that has been domesticated is uh, abundant and, and productive, and it is going the way that uh, God wants it to go. And, and honey is representative of everything that's wild. Even the wild things are um, contributing to this abundance that's experienced in this place. And so it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's a, a, a land that is now currently occupied to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the, the Jebusites, all of these people that are there. God has seen and heard His people. God has seen and heard them. And so, come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring My people out of Egypt. And it's at this point God has given Moses this plan, you are my guy, I'm sending you to uh, bring this deliverance, and instead of being super excited and saying, when do we go, yes, this sounds awesome, Moses starts with the excuses, and his first excuse is Uh, is, uh, who am I that you would send me? I'm a nobody. Nobody knows who I am. That's crazy. I can't believe that you would do such a thing sending me. And Moses says, I mean, who are you? If I go, people are going to ask, who sent you? Who sent you? Who sent you? I need to have a name. I got to be able to tell them. You know, are you the God of the Hittites? Are you the God of the Canaanites? Are you an Egyptian God? I got to know. It says, then the God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. And then later, God, the Lord, Yahweh, will say in verse 16, the God of your ancestors has appeared to you. And so Yahweh, this name means the one who exists the one who is because God wants to be, I am and I will be, that God is the first cause of every other effect in the universe. God exists because God desires to exist. Nothing causes God to exist. God just is. Which is, you know, kind of mind-blowing just to begin with. Because everything I've experienced, there's some, there's some cause that has effect. But God, Yahweh, is saying, "I am the originator of everything." Time goes by, and and in the video, they said, um, you know, the the Jewish rabbis and and and, um, and the Jewish faith, they resisted speaking the name of God because they were afraid that they might mispronounce the name of God. Uh, Later, in the Ten Words, or what we call the Ten Commandments, uh, they'll be given, and they'll give the commandment about not using Yahweh's name in vain, and so it became part of the the Jewish practice not to even pronounce the name of God for fear it might be misspoken. Um, And what we know is that uh, the exact pronunciation of God's name has kind of been lost to history because of uh, the way that they went through it. However, they may have originally pronounced it, we're doing our best to um, figure out what, how they would have pronounced the name of God. Also, the video pointed out how this pronunciation has been developed. Sometimes Jewish speakers will say, Adonai, Lord. Sometimes they'll say, Hashem, which means the name, and they're just talking about the name. It's the name of God, the name that we aren't going to speak, uh, which is not like Harry Potter, you know, because they're afraid of it in a bad way. Um, They're so revering the name of God that they are not going to speak the name of God, because they might get it wrong, they might mispronounce it, and they don't want to do that. Well, here we come to the part that I said we're going to get to. Why does this matter? Why is it important for us to kind of know this about our our Bible and the translation that's happening? Why does it make a difference? I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating that some Jewish rabbis uh, and some Jewish uh, mystics suggested that these four letters of the name of God were more than just letters. Uh, in, in the Hebrew, it's Yod, He, Vah, He. And they would teach that these aren't just letters, but these are actually the sound of breathing. Yod, He, va. Hey, And so they taught that even in our breathing, we were speaking, whispering the name of God, which I think is just a, a, a beautiful thing that, that even in our quiet moments when we just rest, if we listen, our bodies are speaking out the name and the praise of God. It's also been suggested that even folks that would say, there is no God, are breathing out and in their very breath are actually proclaiming the opposite, that there is, in fact, an originator, a, 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 an initiator of everything, yod, hey, va, hei. I also think that God leaves traces of himself to be found throughout nature and, and maybe even traces or pointers in other faiths. There may be some religions and spiritualities and their attempts to focus on breaths and breathing. Maybe it's showing something of this uh, part of us that longs to speak the name of God. And It's a pointer, a, a, a way that maybe if we'd continue to seek God's truth, seek after truth, we might be able to see that that breathing is actually speaking the, na- <clears throat> the name of God, who has caused everything, who has created us in His image. I also think it's interesting, and you know, I've experienced this in my own life, and you know, we tell this to our kids. You know, when you're upset, when you're angry, when you're anxious about something, what do do people always tell you to do? Take a couple of deep breaths, take a couple of deep breaths, which I've started to think in my own mind, is this about the deep breaths or is this about stopping and pausing and speaking the name of God, remembering whose image I'm created in, and if I'm angry with someone whose image they're created in. So I think there are lots of opportunities for us to to just slow down, to breathe, but also to speak the name of God. So this morning, just for a, a few moments here, I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just take a couple of deep breaths in and out. Breathing or speaking the name of God. When a child comes into this world, the first thing that they have to do in order to live is to breathe or speak the name of God. And when we come to the end of this life and we pass on to what is next, do we stop breathing? Or at the moment when we can no longer say the name of God, do we pass on? Whispering in breaths, the one who has breathed life into creation. Yeah, you can wake up again and come back to us. I also think there's something else happening here. This is really the first time that God introduces God's self to a human and says, this is my name, call me by this name. And it reveals an intimacy that Yahweh begins to share with Moses. Moses will come close to seeing God's face. He'll see where God just was later in the story. Moses will have his very appearance changed by his later interaction with the God who has told him to call him by name. But in this moment, God shows up and says to Moses, This is my name. I want you to call me by name. And this is the name I am to be known by for all generations. It's important that God says, Here's my name. You think about... um, meeting someone with a a prestigious title, maybe Dr. So-and-so, Ph.D., M.E.D., P.Q.R.S., whatever initials come after their name, right? I don't know a lot of folks that actually introduce themselves with that whole series of names. But if you've ever met somebody with one of those very prestigious titles, you've maybe met folks that use some of that. But this is like somebody that has all of the titles, showing up and saying, I want you to call me Jim, I want you to call me Bob, or I want you to call me, uh, you know, whatever their given name is, whatever their friends and their family call them, I want you to call me by that name. I've met some folks that are the right reverend doctor so-and-so, the such-and-such scholar of some other words that I can't pronounce, and it's like them showing up and saying, my friends call me Tom. It is the God of our ancestors, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is El Shaddai, God Almighty, It is El Elyon, God Most High, or El Elohim, God of Eternity, El Barith, God of the Covenant, El Roy, God who sees, Yira, or Jira, Provider. These are all titles of God that are spoken throughout Scripture. God is all of those things, and in this moment with Moses, He says, but you call me Yahweh. This is the almighty, high, eternal God of the covenant who sees, who hears His children crying out and desires personal intimacy to know and to be known. That God knows us and God longs and desires for us to know Him. And in this moment says to Moses, You call me by name. This is God who longs for personal relationship and intimacy. And who does not stand at, as a, at a distance, for Moses, Yahweh, is seen and heard in the burning bush, but eventually the word or the explanation, the embodiment of God, takes on flesh and is called Jesus, Yeshua. It is a derivative of Joshua. And here, again, um, you know, our English translations are good, but sometimes just knowing a little bit about the original language, it just gives that much more beauty to the Word of God. See, Yeshua, it has Yah in it, and so that's a a way of interjecting the name of God into Joshua or into Jesus. And Jesus' name, Yeshua, means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves In John's Gospel, the Apostle says to Jesus, Show us the Father. And Jesus responds, If you have seen Me, you have seen the Father. I and the Father are one. And again, this is about the God who created everything that is. The eternal cause of all other effects. The One who is because He wants to be who is I am, and and John goes to great lengths to insert Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am living water. That I am is not an accident. It is uh, Jesus' way, and John wants to make sure that you catch it. It is Jesus' way of reminding you that He and the Father are one. Names in Scripture are usually very, very important, as it is with Jesus. The I am takes on flesh. Yahweh is salvation, or Jesus enters into human history. Yahweh is salvation, or Jesus shows us what it means to really live. Jesus, Yahweh is salvation, dies in the place of sinners, of all of us. Of all humanity, Yahweh's salvation is raised to new life, glorified by the Father, conquering the powers of sin and death. Yahweh is salvation, or Jesus. The name that is above every name, so that at the name of Yahweh is salvation, or Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should say it aloud, declare, and confess that Yahweh is salvation, or Jesus. The Christ is King to the glory of God the Father. The God of the universe says, This is my name. Whisper it with every breath you take. I want to be close to you. I want to know you and want you to know me. And I have made myself known in Yahweh is salvation, Jesus the Christ. I think this says something about God's desire to be close to us yes god almighty yes god of eternity yes provider and sustainer and all of those titles are beautiful are important but in this moment out in the wilderness through a burning bush The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says to Moses, Here's my name. I want you to call me by this name. At the burning bush, the God of gods introduces God's self to Moses. And throughout human history, God is at work trying to provide ways for the ones who bear the image of God and breathe with the breath of God to be back in relationship with God. And then God will enter as a human into the story and will bear the name Yahweh is salvation, that is Jesus. And there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. As we close this morning, we're going to be singing about the breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God. Uh, A friend reminded me of a phrase yesterday we talked uh, in the sermon about, uh, that we are all created in the image of God, the imago Dei, all humanity bearing the image of God. But you and I are invited to be transformed into the image of Christ, the Imago Christi, that is, to look more and more like Jesus, which takes time, which takes a work of God's Holy Spirit in our hearts, molding and shaping us. It takes uh, confession and repentance on our part because we screw it up all the time. So this morning, I want to open up this altar space. You can surely breathe deep the breath of God anywhere, anytime. But there's also something special about the idea of drawing near the altar to breathe in the breath of God and to speak the name of Jesus. So if the Spirit is moving, drawing, whispering to you this morning, Whether for the first time or the hundredth time, I invite you to come. I'm up here to pray with you, or to to speak with you, or uh, just to breathe deep and whisper the name of God with you. So I'm going to invite you to rise in body or spirit, to turn in your blue hymnal to number three fifty-six, as we sing "Breathe on Me, Breath of God." Would you stand?